if you're looking for a bariatric community where you can find motivation and advice based off of experience and just a place to vent, then guess what? I have the perfect place for you. I have a Facebook group. It's called Barry Successful. If, you, if you're listening to this on Spotify, go to the description section and you'll see a link and click that link and it'll take you right to my Facebook group. And join the community where we are supportive and motivating and sharing our journeys in hope of inspiring others. All right, let's get back to the episode. Okay, so here's the big question. How are bariatric people who want to build consistency, who work out and who live a healthier lifestyle, how do we build long-term success and not regain weight post weight loss surgery? That is the question. And this podcast is dedicated to figuring out the answer. Hi, my name is Zipporah and welcome to the Bariatric Confessions podcast. Um, so we have, we have one more speaker and then I have a surprise, um, for you guys. That's, it's not going to take long. I promise you. What time is it? I think we're going to be done by like 10, 10 05, you know, like, yeah, well, that's 10 my time. I forgot every, I keep forgetting everybody's on different times. So now, okay. I can't remember how I stumbled upon this guy. Um, I just remember seeing him. I started following him at first. I was following everybody who, you know, who followed me and, you know, that's it. Everybody who had weight loss surgery, I would just follow you had weight loss surgery. I follow. But then I got into his um, background, his story and I call him Mr. Muscles because that's what he looked like. So let me see if I can find Michael. Where I can't. Let me see. I'm sorry. I got to search through all the pe- all the faces to find him so I can unmute him. I know y'all probably think I look crazy right now. There you go. <laughs> look, he got like a whole podcast set up. He's like official. We we I'm just on my computer. He's just like legit. <laughs> So we have, yeah, we can hear you loud and clear, like crystal clear. All right, all right. (laughs) How you doing, sir? Thank you so much for doing this. Um, Not a problem. Appreciate you having me. No problem. I'll let you take. Um, I feel somewhat out of place. Everybody has had such inspirational stories, and I personally don't think mine is that great. But um, I guess I'll start from the beginning. So. April 4th of 2019, I had uh, gastric sleeve surgery and it's kind of weird. So my, my, my story is I was always a big guy and especially, well, I had like this major growth spurt, like in middle school and just got bigger from there. But I was, I was happy at the size that I was. I was always happy with that. It was what I learned after losing 265 pounds with this surgery is that I was, I used my weight and my size as kind of like a crutch. It was my, it was my safety net. It's what made me special, I thought, in my head. Um, but a few years ago, I had some medical issues, found out I had extremely high blood pressure. I remember one day I was coming down the stairs of my house and was just completely out of breath. I thought I had maybe an upper respiratory infection or something go to the hospital, come to find out my blood pressure was 230 over 210. And 
the doctor was like, you're a walking stroke. And from that point, I knew I had to do something. And I didn't even realize how big I'd actually gotten. So I can't remember who that was, but said, you know, when you had to get weight on an industrial scale. So I was 468 pounds and I didn't, it never even dawned on me that I was over 350 pounds. And when that happened, I knew it was time to make a change because if I didn't, I was going to die. Um, so around this time, my wife's father was having some medical issues and um, he was a heavy set guy and he needed a surgery on his midsection. I remember they were telling us that he needed a, um, a CAT scan, but he was too big to fit into the machine. And then when it was time for him to have the surgery, they were just like, we're going in blind because he's so big. Um, we don't know if this surgery is going to be effective because we don't really know what we're going into. They knew what the issue was. They just didn't really know how to navigate it because he has such a rare condition, but he carried a lot of his weight in his midsection. So when they had to go through his midsection for that surgery, that's when it, it, it really dawned on me that, you know, you can be get to a certain weight and then it, it, it's like well we can't put you into this machine to find out exactly what's wrong with you when we do the surgery we don't know if the surgery is going to be successful and when that happened that really hit my wife so for her she had already started getting ready to start the process of having a weight loss surgery at that time i was like i'm not doing it i thought i could do it naturally was in complete denial i had tried every diet in the world i had juiced i had did this i had did that I couldn't stick to anything. So when I had my medical issue and they basically told me that I was on the brink of death with that extremely high blood pressure, I knew I had to do something. Um, so she had her weight loss surgery in February of 2019 and I had mine in April. Um, after the weight loss surgery, I knew, I started dropping weight really fast, like super fast. And they, and they told us from the beginning that men normally lose weight faster with the surgery, but mine was extremely fast. And so after a while, I kind of started to look like a melted candle because I was just having, I was losing all this weight and I was just like, oh my God. And the crazy part about it was normally when people lose weight, they, you know, gain more confidence in themselves. I actually went backwards. I got depressed after I lost like the first 150 pounds because I felt like I had lost my identity. And I'm looking in the mirror and I'm like, I'm seeing this smaller person, but I was not happy with what I saw in the mirror. And I went through a depression over there for about six months and it was very hard to deal with um, feeling like I was losing myself. But I knew I had this vision of what I wanted my body to look like. And um, so I, after that, I just started walking. That's all I really did in the beginning was just get up, walk around the neighborhood. Um, but I knew I needed to start incorporating weight training into my workout program and um i started posting little stuff online and people started following and there's a guy out of california a lot of people may not know who he is on this call but his name is ct fletcher so he's a big power lifter out of california he found me online he just started following my journey and from there we started talking and he started giving me some tips and tricks on incorporating weightlifting into my journey and i started doing that and Next thing I know, my body started to transform and that became extremely addictive for me to see my body kind of going through this metamorphosis. Now, I did have skin removal surgery, so I had what they call a 360 belt lipectomy. 
So they basically made a 360 cut around my midsection, took the loose skin off, pulled it, tightened my abdominal muscles. Um, and I had a, a back lift too. So they basically had to make a cut like in the middle of my back and tighten that skin up as well. Um, I had a lot of loose skin on my arms, but after that belt lapectomy, that recovery from that surgery is extremely tough. And I didn't want any more surgeries after that. I like, I'm done. Cause I was like, oh, I'm gonna get my arms done. So when people see my pictures, I still have a lot of loose skin under my arms and that's just something that I'll deal with. Like, but um, incorporating the weight training has been very instrumental in my transformation. And I'm starting to get back to the point now where I'm happy with what I see when I look in the mirror. But um, so about a year and a half ago, I had lost almost 200 pounds by this time. And I'm in the garage working out and I get this major pain in my chest going down to my midsection. I thought I had pulled a muscle or something. So I was doing two workouts. I would get up in the morning, go to the gym. That particular day, I went to the gym that morning. We worked out. I came home, did some stuff. And I was like, I'm going to do another workout. Going to the garage. I'm lifting weights. And I get this major pain in my chest. And it's like going down to my midsection. So I'm thinking, okay. And I could, I could hardly move. So I go in the house, call my wife, tell her what's going on. Um, now, mind you, I barely made it into the house. So I'm like crawling from the garage into the house. So I'm laying on the couch in the, in the living room. Um, finally make it upstairs. The next day I wake up, I'm feeling a little bit better. So this happened on a Friday. That Saturday I get up and I'm like, eh, I feel a little better. Sunday felt a little bit better, still having some pain in my midsection. And I'm like, something is not right. And I'm very bad about going to the doctor. So I was like, but I knew that that Monday coming up, I had to go out of town for work. So I said, let me just go and get checked out. Get over to patient first and I'm sitting in the lobby and next thing I know, I start to black out. Like at first I got really cold, but I'm sweating profusely. I had no idea what was going on. They take me to the back. I'm drenching in sweat. They call an ambulance They get me to the hospital. They do a CAT scan and the nurse comes back into the room and he says, we got a helicopter coming for you. We're flying you to University of Maryland and you're going immediately into open heart surgery. And by this time, now mind you, like an hour has passed since I left patient first to go to the hospital. By this time, I'm feeling better. We're in the middle of COVID, all of this stuff. They wouldn't let my wife into the hospital. They put me on a helicopter, airlift me to University of Maryland. I get to the hospital, come to find out I had an aorta dissection. So what an aorta dissection is by the main valve from your heart, there's a small tear in there. And I'll never forget, my surgeon looked at me and he said, so I'm telling him about my weight loss and all of that stuff. And he says, let me be very clear. Had you not lost that weight, you'd be dead right now. And that, and I, cause I was dealing with a little, you know, when people find out you have weight loss surgery, I used to get hit a lot with, oh, you took the easy way out. Oh, you're not really doing anything. And oh, you should have lost it naturally. You get hit with a lot of that stuff. Um, and so I was, going through this stage where I was kind of contemplating if I made the right decision. But, you know, my surgeon, he said, you, you would have died. He said, had you still been carrying around almost 500 pounds? He said, this would have, you would have dropped dead right where you were standing at. So that really, for me, justified that I made the right decision. And I still deal with that to this day, but I can't, you know, people look at me and they assume that I live like super heavy weights. I really don't, I can't. Um, so I do a lot of light weights and 
So I do more repetition just with lighter weights and I've got amazing results doing that. But with the aorta dissection, so eventually down the line, I'll either have to get a stent or if it doesn't, if it gets worse, they'll have to basically go in and open me up and fix it. Hopefully it won't get to that point. Um, and it was funny at that time, I spent two weeks in the hospital. I went in the hospital at 235 pounds. I came out of the hospital with 200 pounds. I lost 35 pounds the two and a half weeks I was in the hospital. And they told me, they were like, you'll never lift weights again. And I was like, nah, that's not gonna work. So then I go into this other depression because I had started really getting to the point where weightlifting was my thing. That was like, that was my transfer addiction that they talked about. So it was like, this is something that I'm becoming addicted to. And then it's like, in the blink of an eye, it was snatched from me. So I took a couple of months off and um, they cleared me to lift weights, but they were like, you know, you got a limit. You can't lift anything heavy. And um, I started incorporating different workouts into my program and I've got amazing results. Luckily, I'm doing good. The aorta dissection has not gotten any worse, um, but I still have to be very caref careful with my stress level, make sure my blood pressure is stabilized, which it is. But the reason that I am where I am is because of the weight loss surgery. I had to get that weight off me. And, you know, like I said, when a doctor looks at you and tells you, you know, you would have dropped there where you stand at it. That was very eye-opening for me. And people can say what they want about weight and I'm all for loving yourself and all of that stuff. And, and, and we all carry it differently, but that aorta dissection stemmed from me having years of undiagnosed high blood pressure. And that's why they call it the silent killer. And to drop 265 pounds, like, and this is crazy, even with the aorta dissection, I'm smaller now than I was in high school. I was running like 315 pounds in high school and I was playing football. And I'm so thankful And somebody said, I can't remember who said it, but when they say the surgery is just a tool, that's all it is. That's all it is. If you are not willing to put the work in to keep that weight off, you're gonna gain it right back. And right now I help a lot of guys that, I'm, I'm working with a guy now that had surgery two months before I had it. He's bigger than he was three years ago before he had the surgery. And so my, I feel like my job now is to help people that have had the surgery. And I mainly have men that reach out to me, but help them understand that you have to be, if the mental part of it is not right, you're not going to be successful with this surgery. If you're not willing to put the work in, you're not willing to watch what you eat. Um, you got to exercise. You got to work out. You got to still watch what you eat. Because, I, I, again, I, I work with so many people now that have had that surgery that fail at it. And... It's a lot of time, money, all of that stuff to invest into this surgery just to go backwards. And that's the one thing I refuse to do was go backwards. So right now, I feel like my, my journey now is to help people be as successful, successful as they can with this surgery right now because it worked for me. It's literally saved my life. And I will... I'm so grateful for it. But again, I know that it takes a lot of work to keep this weight off and to reach whatever goal it is that you set for yourself. This is not easy. People can tell you all day that you took the easy way out. Weight loss surgery is not the easy way out. It, it, they don't realize how much work it takes to be successful with this. Uh, I, the last stats I looked at, it was like 53% of the people that had weight loss surgery fell at it. That's the reason that they fell at it. You, and again, you gotta be good up here. If you cannot figure out what, and what I found out about me, I was, a, I, I overate, I ate when I was bored. So watching a TV show, I had to eat something. Or if I didn't have anything to do, I would eat. It was just like, cause I had to do something. I was a, 
I ate when I was bored. Anytime I had nothing to do, or if I was just driving, if I knew I had a long drive, I had to have some chips in the car, I had to have this in the car. It was I had to do something to keep my mind occupied. And once I, and again, don't get me wrong, I still struggle to this day. I'm in this stage now where I'm craving cookies and sweets and all of that stuff. And I think Tara said it um, earlier. It's like you have to list. It's, it's everything in moderation. So I could eat a whole sleeve of Oreos back in the day. If I want a cookie, I'll have one cookie and I'm good. And so it's the mental part of it is so important. And that's the thing that I try to help people with and understand that you can, you can make the change and, and don't, don't think just, oh, I'm going to have weight loss surgery and I'm going to be good. It doesn't work like that. It does not work like that. So I'm just now getting to the stage where I'm comfortable in the skin that I am, that I'm in again. It was a process. And it, I hear people all the time and I feel Sometimes I'm like, maybe it's me. Maybe I'm the crazy one. Because I literally went backwards with the weight loss. And now I'm just getting to that point now where I'm 215 pounds now and I'm comfortable here. My goal is, again, if I got to 260 pounds, I thought I was going to be good. But what I realized is your body will regulate it where it needs to be at. And so I sit comfortably at 215 pounds. And luckily, I've been able to add muscle onto my body and, and, and starting to get to the point where I feel good about what I look like without my shirt on. So um, my story, again, I, I, I feel still out of place. Everybody had these amazing stories. Mine is pretty basic, but that's where that's where I'm at with it. So thank you for having me. I appreciate it. First of all, no, your story is not basic, okay? <laughs> Far from basic, okay? Like, thank you for doing this. But no, your your story is not basic at all like you you hit on so many pointers and as soon as you said you had that heart thing I was like yo he would either either you would have tried to go well they wouldn't have been able to put you on a hel helicopter because you ain't you're in California yeah. or, right no I'm in Maryland oh you in Maryland like I said if it, if it if it it was crazy because at that time when I had the heart issue like I said they were in COVID they wouldn't even let my wife in the room and they were like, they called her and they, she was sitting out in the car and they called her and they let her come into the hospital because they literally thought I wasn't going to make it to the hospital. Mm -hmm. And like I said, that's such an eye-opening experience. And had I not made the decision to have weight loss surgery and mm -hmm. do what I needed to do to get that weight off. And like I said, for a surgeon to look at you and he was, so, he was dead serious. He said, You being almost 500 pounds, he said, it would have been so much stress on your body with this injury. You would have, you would have dropped dead right there. That's and crazy. I was like, yeah, okay. You know what? I made the right decision. And nobody at this point can tell me anything about my weight loss surgery or my journey. Because at the end of the day, it's your journey. You do what you got to do. So, and again, weight loss, and I tell people all the time, weight loss surgery isn't for everybody. It's not, you know, but it was the right decision for me. Mm -hmm. You know, I do. I did what I had to do to make sure that I'm still here for my family. And it opened my eyes up to I was. I was not really living life before this, you know, it was just my life has opened up so much. And, and it, it really showed me how in denial I was about everything about my life in general. Like there was so much that I couldn't do that I didn't even realize I couldn't, do. <laughs> you know, at, at you know, just flying on an airplane is so much more comfortable now. Like I, I would literally have to buy two seats sometimes. Or if lucky, if I got lucky, I would get on the plane and the, the flight attendant would be like, oh, we got you. They'll put me in the back and I can have a road to myself or something like that. But it was, I, I, I was so limited and I didn't even realize how limited I was at that particular time in my life. Wow. 
Mm-mm. No, that that is so true. Um, I didn't know you and your wife had surgery at the same time or the same year. So did me and my husband. Yeah. We he had his in June of last year. I had mine in July of last year. And I think to go through the journey, if that's an option or whatever, if you if you have somebody um to go through it or you know, y'all get it at the same time or whatever, because I can't imagine I go, I went through the surgery and he didn't, and he's still big or vice versa. And I'm yeah. living a whole separate, like, ah, life and he's sad or vice versa. So like, that's just, it's good to, to hear that somebody else went it, through it. It made, it, it made it a lot easier. And it was crazy. I hear these people talk about the dumping syndrome. I never had any of that. Like I never had those issues. Like my, my recovery with that was a lot smoother. Like my wife had it rough and a lot of people I know that had it. Like I didn't have any of that stuff. Like it was, my recovery was actually pretty smooth <laughs> from the weight loss <laughs> surgery other than being sore. So when I hear about these dumping syndromes and all of that stuff, the only real issue I still have to this day is getting enough water. That is my biggest issue to this day. Three years out, getting enough water is yeah. tough. Yeah. So I'm sitting here with my cup now just sipping on it, but I, I can promise you very rarely do I get that full gallon of water in every day. I hear you. That, that's me too. Somebody asked, um, what surgery did you have? What uh, weight loss surgery? Uh, I had the, the sleeve, the gastric okay. sleeve. And so they went in and took 85% of my stomach. Man, this is so cool. I'm going to make sure I got all the questions. Wait, I got, I had wrote down some questions. So you mentioned that you help people. So are you a podcaster? Are you a trainer? Like, how are you helping people? Like, I want to- I'm not even, and that's the crazy part about it is I'm none of those. Like, I'm not a trainer. I get a lot of people telling me that I should train and it's probably something that I'll eventually look into. But um, no, I just get people that see my, I get guys, mainly men, they reach out to me and they're just like, hey man, you're doing amazing. I had surgery right around the same time you had it or I had it 10 years ago. You know, and they're just like, what did you do? Because people look at, when they initially look at me, it's very hard for them to believe that I was almost 500 pounds. And I was yeah. like, no, I was there. I was there. And so when I, they hear my story, it's like, you know, what did you do? And so it's like, I'm not charging people or anything. It's just, I just feel like it's, if I can help you, I'm going to help. You. Like, yeah. you know, and I, but I tell people the biggest thing is you gotta be mentally ready for all of this. This is not something that, okay, I'm just going to have surgery and my life is going to be, I'm going to be good to go like that. That's not how it works. So I try my best, you know, when people reach out with questions or want to know what program that I'm using, I just feel like it's my, I'm blessed to still, I'm I'm at that point in my life where I'm figuring out what my purpose is. And Mm -hmm. for me not to, for this injury that I suffered to my heart, not to have killed me is something that I'm supposed to be doing here. And I think part of what I'm supposed to be doing is just helping anybody that reaches out. Like I said, I don't think I'm super inspirational by any means, but I just did what I had to do to continue to live. And if I can help somebody in their journey, I'm all for it. But yeah, I mean, the training part of it is something that I'm looking into, especially having to train differently with a heart issue. Mm-hmm. And so, and I think that's where I'm going to kind of focus my energy on is helping people who suffer some kind of heart. And so I can't train super hard. Like I do cardio and, you know, I walk on the Peloton or whatever, but I can't do extensive hard training. But again, when people look at me and they look at my profile, they think I'm in the gym, just throwing hard weight around. And I'm really not, mm-hmm. I'm doing very lightweight. I just do a lot more repetitions, but I can't do 
super strenuous weightlifting. And, and, there, and there's a, a place for that. And it's, there's a lot of people who have injuries or conditions that won't allow them to train like that. And I'm one of them. So I think that's where my focus would be going forward is helping people maybe with, with you know, some type of disability or heart issues and, and, and help and knowing that they, and they letting them know that they can still train is just a different way to train. That's, that's, so really that's something good. that I'm looking at. No, that, that's, so. that's really good. You are very inspirational. Stop saying that. Okay. Number one. And number two, I think that's I really good. It. I think like once um, the whole theme of this whole thing, cause I had to write it down. It's almost like we're all paying it forward. So we've been, we've, we, you know, we chose something to help our lives. And it's like everybody on here is somehow trying to pay it forward, whether it's by sharing their story or posting their journey on TikTok or blogging or creating a business, whatever it is to help the build the community. I'm like similar to you, like trying to figure out now, like, how can I make, how is this thing that's going to be a part of me for the rest of my life? How can I like make it something so I can help other people? So I, I, I mean, I think, I think you're on the right path, especially because you're a guy. I was trying to get my husband. I don't know if he's going to come out the room, but <laughs> I was trying to get my husband on here to say something. Um, and it was hard to just find guys, you know, period. Um, and then like the last like week I started. You don't see a lot of guys. And it's, so, it's, I haven't. And that's the one thing I like to see all of you up here is like, you know, when it comes to what I've seen is women are very supportive in this area. You don't see a lot of men that share their stories. And stuff like that so you know it's cool to see a couple of guys on here but you know it, it, the women are very supportive when it comes to the bariatric lifestyle so it's, yeah. it's, it's good to see but then now that you're out there you're sharing your story my husband doesn't really share his story either i share his story on my tiktok <laughs> you know he's not he's not that type of like he's a photographer he's yeah. being behind the scenes but in front uh, yeah. but once you get her look I, I i got him out come here wait wait you got come on <laughs> You're gonna have him running. He's gonna take off running now. Like he like tippy toed out the room. <laughs> I just want you to say hi. <laughs> this is Michael, right? Remember I told you about him? This yes. is this is my husband Darnell, you guys. Nice we, to meet you. All him right and now. his wife were sleeved the same year. Okay. And we were sleeved the same year. And he just was sharing his journey and like his weight loss. <laughs> Look how awkward. I'm not awkward. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> but um one more question somebody asked uh where in maryland thank you brother um uh, i live in laurel maryland oh i don't know what that is <laughs> i'm in jersey it's, it's right it's right out, right outside of baltimore <laughs> oh okay 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 um so this is my husband darnell and he he went through something like traumatic after his surgery too where he was hospitalized right after the day after christmas um he had a hernia how much did you weigh? Look, I'm interviewing him. How much did you weigh? <laughs> um, uh, max weight at one point was 428. He was 428 pounds. And um, he had this big hernia on his stomach, uh, umbilical hernia. It was like, it, like this, he could palm it, basically, almost like a basketball. Yes. And um, the, the doctors didn't want to do the hernia repair thing. Um, and the sleeve at the same time, they wanted him to drop down to like 250. Well, we don't know what happened, but something happened. And that joint just said, and he was in excruciating pain and they had to do emergency surgery. And he was in the hospital for like a week, then got infected a month later and um, was in the hospital um, for another week or two weeks. 
um, and um, he dropped a whole lot of weight while he was in the hospital. And, but you know, now he's two. 63. 263. <laughs> on his way, on his way, he's like, he's like, he does, he wakes up at like 4 a.m. or five or something. 4.30. 4.30. He walks trying to like, you know, get into the habit of like doing things. Um, he can, he can train hard, you know, but he's like leery because in his head, he still has that hernia. So he doesn't like do anything to like irritate, even though nothing's there now, but it's like, you know, it's, he, he had it for like- A lot of it is mental. It's, it's mental. You, once you get past the mental part of it, it's, yeah. And, and like I said, after after my aorta dissection, I they when they cleared me to lift weights, it was just like I didn't because I, I did it, it it ruptured while I was lifting weights. And so it took a lot mentally to get me back. I was actually in the garage lifting weights when it happened. Wow. And it took it, it took me a minute to get comfortable, even though I wanted to get back to it. When they actually cleared me to get back to it, it took took a little time for me to get comfortable just to lift something again. Yeah, um, I, I I had this thing where I wanted like I wanted arms, like I wanted these big arms. That was my thing. So I was in the garage curling when it when it ruptured, and it was just because I was doing heavy weights that day. And I guess it was just you know it was already damaged over the years because of the high blood pressure that I didn't know about. But yeah, I'm in the garage just going crazy, and I had already did a workout that morning too. So I'm like doing two a days. I'm like in there trying to get it, and it damn near killed myself doing it. So yeah, yeah it's, I'm, it's I'm pretty much the same way. Um, so the days that I work from home are Tuesdays and Thursdays. So I'll wake up about 4.30, try to do anywhere between two to three miles, um, come back in the house. And then it's typically like curls, squats, um, chest press. I'll do all that. But when it comes to like the core work, I start freaking out in my head thinking that, you know, I know the hernia is gone. But um, yeah, just I, I know at some point I just need to get over the mental um because yeah. the core the core is really central in and and um kind of building this muscle and getting your body right so yep you'll get there man like i said yeah. once you get past the, the mental block is the hardest part but once you realize that you're good to go and you'll you'll be good yeah you'll be good so thank you you got you want to you want to say anything else i don't know <laughs> <laughs> I like putting him on a spot. <laughs> like once he gets warmed up, he don't stop. But it's like getting, getting him warmed up is like pulling teeth. Um, you want to add anything else? I mean, I, hear from he was the only guy on here. So I mean, I, I don't really have much to add. Uh, I mean, I'm sure anything that I add has probably been said a billion times. Because the most important part of any of this journey is to never give up and try to, you know. Be as consistent as possible. Start small. Um, even if it's just a five-minute workout, five-minute walk, you start with something small and then you just build up gradually. Um, I now jog. He jogs. I jog. <laughs> if you told me at 428 pounds, I'd be able to jog. I'd laugh at you. Um, so now uh, I went from, well, I think it was 45 minutes a mile to my best time was like 1534. So, and that's at 45 years that's old. Good, so, um, good, you know, it's, 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 it's a process and uh, you just enjoy it and it's a ride. And at some point, the results you're looking for will show up, but it's all about that consistency and the work you put in. And I tell people, the biggest thing I can tell people, please do not become a slave to that scale. That, I, I, 
God don't come a slave to that skin. Oh. You know, we you're going to go through stalls and, and understand that mistakes are going to be a part of it. Please do not beat yourself up when you make a mistake. Mm-hmm. I did that early on. And like I said, it, you know, you may meet somebody that have had bariatric surgery and they just do everything perfectly. I was not one of those people. Even to this day, I still mess up. Like I said, I, I am on this thing now and I'm trying my best to fight it, but my sweet tooth is through the roof right now. It is, it is ridiculous. <laughs> like it's <laughs> like, I love cookies and all, but like, again, it's everything in moderation. So um, I try my best during the week to eat as clean as possible, but come Friday night, Saturday night, I'm gonna have me a cookie, even mm-hmm. if it's half a cookie. And, and, and again, there have been times where I have messed up royally and i what i do is i own it understand the mistake and i move forward do not beat yourself up about it yeah you're gonna make mistakes there are gonna be times where that scale is not gonna move for months Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm. not gonna move you're going to stall and then you get for some reason that triggers a lot of people they're just like oh the scale's not moving i'm not doing something right you're gonna have stalls you're gonna go through these points where that scale isn't moving but and the crazy part about the scale wasn't moving for me but i was dropping pants sizes like that Yep, mm-hmm. yep, same here. I was, I, my, I was I was almost in a size 60 pants. I'm in a 32 now, but they're like it was times where that scale wouldn't move, but I'm like every week I'm having to buy new pants because the pants are just but I'm like, why is the scale moving? And it was driving me crazy because the scale wasn't moving. Yeah. It's like, okay, you gotta get over that. You gotta get over that. And again, put the scale in the closet wherever you need to put it. But do not feel like you got to weigh yourself every day. And if you do, if it's not moving, that does not mean that you're not being successful. It's just, it's, it's part of the journey. It's part, part of the process. So please, I, I, I talk to people all the time. Your skill isn't moving. Like, but do you feel different? Are your clothes? Yeah, my clothes have been differently. Well, you're doing something right. Doing Don't something right. That skill. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Michael. Um, I really appreciate you coming on here talking. Um, and you are inspirational. Don't say you're not. We're not saying that again. I only say that because I hear people's stories and it's just like, Mm-mm. oh my God, they went through, you know, and like I said, I was never one of those guys that was, like I said, I was good with my weight. I was never one of those big guys that was uncomfortable. Like I never had a problem getting a girlfriend. I thought I was good. You couldn't tell me nothing, but it took for me to damn near die to realize that, oh, something is not right here. And like I said, and like and and like I said, that going through that reverse depression where losing the weight caused me to be depressed, but being fat, I was happy. You couldn't tell me I wasn't the happiest man on the planet. But like I said, going through these changes, it it emotionally did something to me. Like I said, I'm just to, getting to the point now where I'm more I'm, I'm becoming comfortable with this new person that I am, and it's a good thing. But I needed to go through that, and it it, it was very eye opening, and it was an emotional journey that I needed to, I needed to have in my life. So I'm thankful for that. Can I just, but I appreciate you having me. No problem. Um, this, this is the arms guy, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so hold on. No, ready, ready. Cause I got to let you know something. So when she first um, uh, took me to your page, I was like, okay, so it is possible to have really cool arms. So literally like I've been working my butt off on my arms. I can feel the difference. I know I can't like physically see the difference like just yet, but I can feel it. And I know eventually as I continue to work, cause I've been doing it consistently now for about two months. So the way I've been doing it is it's a um, hundred curls, 
um, just straight curls. Then I have the curl bar. I do another hundred of those. And it's typically within like a three hour period. And it, let it's me give you a, let me give you a secret though. Sure. People get caught up on the biceps. If uh -huh. you really want your arms to look good, work your triceps. The triceps is a yep. way bigger muscle than the bicep. So yeah. if you work the tricep, it'll make your arms look. I'm actually, I, I recently made the switch. Um, I now use a resistance band that I have tied to uh, my closet. And I, I, um, I can't remember the movement, but yes, that's that's basically what yeah, I just did. Uh, that, that resistance band is really great. I take mine to work. So when I'm just sitting at my desk, I got my resistance yep. band and I'm just, but the tricep is a bigger muscle than the biceps, work your triceps. I keep I that in mind early on. <laughs> but but my point for saying that is you, you have inspired me. So if you're if you don't I, feel like I you're inspiring anybody, you you've inspired me. So thank you. Again, that's the part that's very hard for me to accept at this point. Because like I said, I don't I never felt like I was doing anything spectacular. So when people say they're inspired by me, it's something that I gotta get accustomed to because I'm not I'm not used to that. I'm I've been inspired by so many people on this call. They have these amazing stories, mm -hmm. but I, I'm learning to accept the the compliment, so I appreciate it, brother. I really got it. Thank you. Um, he also said that he used to eat when that was you, right? When you used to eat when you were bored. When I was bored, well, yeah. I, I couldn't I couldn't watch a TV show and not eat something. Like I had to have chips or something. I couldn't if I knew I had to get in the car and drive a long distance. I had to eat something. Like it was just that. That's where my what I found out. Carbs are my they're, they were my devil because right before I had weight loss surgery, I lost like 25 pounds like in a month and a half before weight loss surgery. And all I did was cut out carbs. I love pasta. I love rice. I love bread. I love all of that crap. All I did was cut that out before surgery. And I lost 25 pounds. I wasn't working out or doing anything. That's when I realized, oh, carbs are my devil. That That is my thing. So when I cut that out, it it, it really helped me with this whole process. But yeah, I and now I'm not, now I'm back trying to curb out the sweetness because oh god I can I'm a, sweet freak. <laughs> I'm a sweet freak. <laughs> That's something now. But um, thank you, Darnell. Okay, you're welcome. You gonna stay? We're almost done. We're almost done. I just got one like I got one little surprise. Thank you so much, Michael. Hey guys, thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode. Make sure you take a screenshot and tag me on Instagram, TikTok, or even in my Facebook group and let me know what you liked about this episode. Oh, and please, please rate and review my podcast. I really, really appreciate it. Don't forget to come back tomorrow for another episode of Bariatric Confessions. I hope you have a very successful day.